Welcome to the podcast series from the Black Berea team, episode three of The Church Before the Watching World. In this episode, I sit down with Yannick and Jason from Brixton Local Church Block, who recently, you're going to learn about this in the episode, who recently merged with Stockwell Baptist Church. So really, I'm sitting down with the pastors of the newly merged church coming out of Stockwell Baptist Church and Brixton's local church block. In this episode, we talk about the church that is nestled within community. So we don't just talk about it in an abstract sense, but we actually think about what it means to consider the actual nature and structure of the local community of a church. We talk about what the church's role is in that community and how to think about its role in the community. Yannick and Jason will tell us about their specific context of South London, um, Brixton and Stockwell and so on. And the whole topics of contextualization, for example, how the Christian faith has always sought to really embody the gospel message in its local context. If all of that seemed strange, by the end of this episode, you will understand more. And I hope, again, for you, especially if you're not a Christian, that you will look out of your window as you're listening to this episode and you will look out and see that local church down the road and realise that actually its its role and its function in, in, in your community is far more significant than you probably considered before. And if you are a Christian, that you will look at your church down the road and recognise that you and that church have a significant role to play in your local community right where you are. Episode 3 of The Church Before the Watching World. Hope you enjoy. A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Welcome again to the Church Before the Watching World Black Berea podcast series. Today we are joined with, can you introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Yannick Christos Wahab, uh, one of the pastors at Brixton Local Church. Uh, married to Kiton, uh, yeah. Um, I'm uh, Jay Marina, I'm one of the pastors at Brixton Local Church. I'm married to Julie and um, uh, a dad to uh, seven wonderful children at home. Mm. And it's like a little church um, amongst <laughs> a church. Mm. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, as you would be aware by now, uh, we are looking at the current relevance and continued relevance of the church um, in, before the world, especially in the city of London. And um, we're thinking about what it means for the church to be a witness before the watching world as an organization, but also as an organism, as um, individual believers who are, are trying to essentially show the light of Christ to the world and be salt to the earth. And so this conversation really is going to look at um, how the church can rethink and, you know, pursue that, biblical faithfulness um, that God has called us to. So we're going to just start by going straight into it and asking, how did you come to the place you are now at Block um, and the work you're doing in Brixton in terms of ministry? Um, I suppose um, I uh, come to um, being a, a pastor at Brixton Local Church because um, I was saved um, in a church where um, just faithful men taught me the Bible faithfully. Mm. So I came from a very um, urban crime background and I was saved into a church where 
um, it wasn't really impressive, the church or the worship. But one of the men there who um, discipled me, he said these words. He said, um, the way you win them is the way you keep mm. them. And I was, I came to faith as just uh, Bible teaching across yeah. the table. And uh, growing up from a background, growing up in Cairns, seeing a brokenness um, in our community, um, having friends with free falling through the criminal justice system. Um, I was on holiday one day. I listened to a sermon by Tim Keller, mm. um, teaching mm. about church <laughs> <laughs> And I went back to my wife, um, we was in Devon, I had tears in my eyes mm. and I said to her, listen to this. And I said to myself, um, we need to go back into Brixton to plant a church because of, uh, like Jesus has uh, fixed me up, it's only one, only one individual is going to fix a broken community and that's Jesus. Mm. Mm. That's powerful. Yourself, Yannick? Um, yeah, very different. I came after a lot of the, the heavy lifting had been done. Um, so I was how I came to Brixton Local Church. I was actually studying in America. Mm. I was in a seminary in America. Um, and I got a, a phone call uh, from actually Kane Day, uh, who is the pastor of Hackney Evangelical Reform Church. Um, and he was telling me about uh, a guy called Jason Mariner uh, wanted to have my phone number. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> I was preparing to get married. It was my last semester. Um, and I was actually on my way uh, to be part of a different church in London. Uh, so I was going to come back my final semester, mm. get married and, and go there. Um, and so I asked um, Kane, like, yeah, tell me something about Jason Mariner. And, and he, he said the church was Brixton Local Church. And he said, the thing he said about Brixton Local Church, Kane said about Brixton Local Church was, yeah, the people really love God's word. Mm. Uh, and so I was like, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So I took, um, yeah, Jay's call. Uh, it was it was a Skype call, um, and yeah, Jay is a very persuasive guy. <laughs> <laughs> but when he told me about the yeah his desire to see the Bible taught faithfully in, uh, particularly in the urban context in London, mm -hmm. uh, that was what my heart was. Mm -hmm. uh, that was really the main reason why uh, I wasn't going to stay in America. No shots at Israel, but <laughs> make sure you come back. Um, but yeah, that was the main reason why I wanted to come back. And so, yeah, just hearing the vision of Brixton Local Church, um, yeah, got me excited. Mm. Uh, my fiance at the time, Kisson, was there. So I asked her, begged her to go to the oh, church yeah. to go check yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, she came back. Uh, <laughs> I grilled her on everything. Um, so it was a bit crazy. And I actually, yeah, accepted to, to come to Brixton Local Church before I had actually physically been in the church mm. or physically met Jason Mariner. But yeah, just had a sense of peace that this is where God was right. was leading. Right. That's really encouraging for both both of um, both of you in terms of how God has brought you in his providence to the church. And how would you describe the history of the church? And if you could summarize, I guess, in maybe a paragraph two, what is the current season or life of the church right now? So the history of the church and where it is right now in terms of its own sort of season and life? Um, the history of the church. So mm. uh, I suppose uh, one of the hallmarks, uh, hallmarks of Brixton Local Church is um, just um, teach the Bible faithfully. Mm. Um, that, um, that God has God is grown the church from there. So 
the church started off really in a, a small flat in Brixton in a wonderful sister, uh, a wonderful individual in our church called Mrs. P. Mm. A few of us were on the coffee table. Uh, God has um, grown up work where we was in Miss P's and we was in a, a small youth centre and we moved into the uh, school. So really the history has been uh, teaching the Bible faithfully but also just um, equipping the core. Mm. Um, we was mindful that in uh, regards to planting a church in Brixham, we wanted to see a healthy church. Mm. Um, Yannick just said that um, uh, uh, when, um, uh, who was it? Was it Kitan who said that he loved the Bible? Was it Candy? Who was it? Candy said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we wanted to make sure that mm. um, we had a congregation who um, understood about the authority of the Bible. Um, so in regards to planting, the danger would have been just to um, plant a church and try and just um, win the community. We're there as a church to win people for Christ, but mm. we just knew that we needed to be a healthy church and a healthy right. group. So we spent time really in, in investing in the congregation in the church for a while. Mm. Yeah, and I think in terms of, yeah, where, where it is right now, uh, as Jay said, I think, yeah, by God's grace, uh, it is a church that uh, are people that love Jesus uh, imperfectly, of course, mm. and love God's word. Uh, this is actually conversations happening at a very unique time in the history of Brixton Local Church uh, because we are about to merge mm. with another church uh, mm. called Stockwell Baptist Church, uh, which is a church five minutes down the road uh, with a lot of history, hmm. uh, over 150 years wow. of history, um, but who believe the same things about the Bible, hmm. a much more elderly congregation than we are, um, uh, but a church of yeah saints who love the Lord. And and really, I think it's, it's that time where we're thinking, yeah, that both churches together could do more than hmm. what they could do apart. Uh, and so, yeah, the excitement is to is to think through all the lessons that have been learned at Brixton Local Church, uh, all the ways of doing outreach and and engaging with people, combined with yeah the love and the faithfulness and the legacy of Stockwell Baptist Church. Uh, so yeah, we're proceeding with that merge, uh, which is yeah a lot of unknowns. Uh, but what we what we pray will be the case is that will be a church known for faithfully mm. teaching God's word mm. and reaching the lost. So you know, I have like three side questions I want to ask. And I'm hoping I actually remember all of them. Um, the first one, Jason, you mentioned um, that in terms of starting and planting the church, you, the church really wanted to focus on equipping um, the believers and equipping the saints. What kinds of things were you, were, were you in leadership thinking about in terms of equipping the saints? What did you want them to have um, that you, you saw would be um, not just beneficial for their own personal growth, but then could actually create a, a stable core that could do a lot when it looked out into the community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose um, um, uh, some things we did um, were just uh, applying um, areas of the Bible which are key to us. I'm looking mm. at Ephesians, we was mm. in uh, at Genesis. I suppose one of the things which was really helpful and I was really mindful is that we was a, a new uh, church plant um, but it's a new Christian community coming together. Mm. So in that uh, new community coming together is um, um, working out what relationships look like and what the church looks like. What does it look mm. like to really do church, family, mm. um, uh, sacrificially, we're loving each other. So 
I suppose in the way we was um, um, trying to work out also like our um, identity. What does it mm. mean to uh, do gospel ministry in London? Mm. Um, being young and understanding, so um, uh, lots of things played in it. So um, a number of us, even myself, come from um, um, Christians saved by uh, Christ and redeemed. Yes, but we still come from. Uh, a broken backgrounds because mm. of a broken world. Mm. So some of us, and a, a huge number of us, um, um, come from families where there wasn't uh, a male role model figure in the home. Mm. And sometimes, uh, no, it's, it's not just sometimes, it, it, it did, of course, or plant a church. That plays into what does it look like to pastor a church? What does it look like for uh, brothers in the church to love and care and relate to the sisters in the church? So, we had to mm. work out all those dynamics mm. as well. So mm. in regards to planting and equipping, it was uh, addressing those issues within the church yeah. context would be healthy yeah. first. Yeah, that's very good. Um, and I noticed that as part of that, you emphasised uh, the authority of the Bible and the scriptures as like a very core part of what you wanted in the DNA of the church and in the people. And then even Kende picked up on that um, when he was talking to um, Yannick about the church. I think just in in light of the, the series we're doing, why does the authority of the scriptures matter at all? And I guess either of you can answer this because it's a more broad question, but yeah, why why is that theme important for the church? Yeah, um yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. Um it's interesting in one sense like when when you look at like a lot of the kind of ancient creeds of the church um often there isn't like a statement about the authority of scripture um mm. and yeah i think the authority of scripture is the thing that upholds everything else mm. uh once you've lost the authority of scripture i think you've lost everything mm. um because apart from the authority of scripture what we're left to is doing what's right in our own eyes mm. um and as long as we're doing that would you know to use the language of uh ephesians we're being tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine or every wave of culture um once you lose the authority of scripture then actually uh you lose any ability for god to speak back to us to convict us to correct us mm. um and you lose the church right the, the church is the pillar and the the, the uh, ground of truth and once you lose the the sense of the authority of scripture, then yeah, what you have is people just doing what they want to do. Um, but on the other hand, um, a church that holds to the authority of scripture is a church that has hope, irrespective of how bad a shape it is in. Mm. Because God does his work through his word. And so because God does his work through his word, if there's a church that's willing to hear God's word, it doesn't really matter where they are. Actually, by hearing God's word, God will mold that church and change that mm. church. And so they'll become more and more like Jesus Christ. Mm. Once you lose the authority of scripture, then it doesn't matter how impressive the church looks like from the outside. It will, o it will always tend towards uh, sin. Mm. Um, so yeah. I think that, that's that's the thing that, that gives me hope in, 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 in terms of Brixton Local Church. I know yeah. there's a group of people there who... When they hear God's word, 
even if it's something they wouldn't ordinarily like, if you can, if you can teach and if you can show them that, that this is what the Bible is saying, yeah. you have a group of people who will submit to God's word. Um, mm. Apart from that, um, yeah, there is, there is no hope for, for mm. a church. Mm. That's really good. Um, and the third question, I'm, I'm glad I remembered all three of them. Um, on the merger of Block and Stockwell, how did that come about? Like, where, where did I even begin? Yeah, just just a little bit curious to know a bit more about that. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where, um, honestly, I think it was entirely just the, the work of God's grace. Um, it wasn't something we had planned, or it wasn't something that um, Stockwell had planned. Actually, since I'm on, um, since we're on Black Berea, um I remember being at the live show with Shailin. Mm, mm. That was what end of last year, I think, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were at the live show, and Shailin was talking about how he was. They were about to plant their church, mm. and then, but their venue kind of fell through, and they were scrambling and didn't know what they were, um, what they were gonna do. Mm. And then there was another church, which was a, a majority white church, uh, with a building that felt led to mm. kind of host to kind of, I guess, merge with that new plant and how they, they you know, kind of merged and how it went really well and how mm. God had blessed it and so on and so forth. So this was end of last year. And I remember uh, my wife Kiton was with me and she was like, imagine if that happened with Block. And I was <laughs> like, oh, Kiton, please, like, <laughs> don't, yeah, that's never going to happen kind of thing. Um, but yeah, in God's grace, uh, earlier this year, um, I guess through conversations with the FIC, which is what Stockwell is part of, oh, okay. yeah. we were kind of, yeah, just started having some initial conversations. Mm. They were looking for a pastor. Um, and I remember initially going there and thinking, yeah, the, this church in many ways has all the strengths that we lack. Mm. And a lot of the things that they lack are things that we, we can do. Mm. And... And since that's the case, and since actually we are all part of the body of Christ, wouldn't it be amazing mm. if, yeah, there could be some kind of merge? Now, at this point, I'm thinking there's no chance. There's no chance <laughs> Stockholm is going to be down for it. There's no chance Christian local church is going to be down for it. Um, but, yeah, God in his grace has just... Every time I thought, okay, this is going to be the point where it all kind of crumbles, mm. God has opened door after door after mm. door. Mm. Um and again, I think the thing that excites me is, is just the desire for the for the sake of the gospel, uh, to put aside uh, preferences. It's not going to be easy. I think both sides know this. There'll be difficulties, but I think yeah, both sides can see that this is the best thing for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see both yeah, both parties being willing to 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 do that has been I think a sign of God's grace and. Yeah, I wish you could say this has been, you know, some careful plan that had been hatched. Mm-hmm. It, it, it hasn't. Um, but I think God knows why he's done that. And yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone can take credit for it. I think this is, this is, I think, yeah, this is God's work. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, um, um, Israel, you said earlier on, like the history of the church, um, yeah. uh, Brixton Local Church. Um, as mindful as uh, Yannick was speaking, is that Stockwell is a continuation of um, the work that was started, say, mm-hmm. um, five years ago. Mm. So, um, 
the history of the church is God's history. Mm. It's God's story. Mm. Um, I've seen uh, planting bricks in a local church over the last um, five or six years or seven years or so. Um, God do things in the life of the church um, and, and lead us in a direction which um, I have not anticipated, has not been part mm. of my vision, it's been his, his vision. So when Stockwell um, uh, came about, um, where we are now emerging, it just makes sense. And mm. like Yannick said, there is um, a huge, um, uh, it's exciting because it's just huge opportunity right. to see God glorified yeah. and God extend his kingdom. So I'm always always been mindful of, um, with um, Block. Um, I said the stock, uh, to Yannick the other day, um, there is um, no Stockwell, there is no Block. There is just God's church for his glory mm. and God will use his, uh, his people um, mm. the way that he determines to for his yeah. glory. So yeah. Stockwell, um, it's just really exciting to see what could happen there. And I suppose as well, like, like the way it's come round, it's been really helpful for us as a, a church to um, pray things through. Mm. And as we do, we've done that, we've seen like um, areas where we need to grow corporately mm. uh, as mm. a church, but even individually, um, battling mm. with our own sin, our own pride, and, mm. and just God doing that work amongst the church, but also within our own hearts. Mm. Maybe I'll just add one more thing on this. Because um, Jay, yeah, Jay won't say this, but I think um, in particular, mm. I've been struck by... Yeah, Jay's heart and all of this mm. uh, in terms of, yeah, merging means, yeah, no longer being called Block and mm. Brixton Local mm. Church and, you know, all of that. Um, but I think it's, it's just been a wonderful example that, yeah, actually what we work for the, the glory of God's name. Yeah. Um, and the church is, is the people. Mm. It's God's people. Mm. And, and to see Jay, who more than anyone else has put like blood, sweat and tears and even in the small time I've been around, I can see that church planting is not easy. Yeah. Um, but to see his willingness to um, say, yeah, that this is actually, this is the right move mm. for the sake of the gospel. It's been, yeah, I think to me, it's been, it's been such an example. Oh, yeah. That's really good. That's encouraging. I mean, yeah, just hearing, <clears throat> just hearing the, the way in which um, the two churches came together, I think is a real statement of just the Catholicity of the church and the unity of the church that mm. shows um, that we are, in the in the realest sense, just one community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I guess I say it for Blackberry, we are all hopeful and excited and praying for the future of um, Stockwell Baptist Church and um, its continued work in the local area. Um, you mentioned something, Jason, which actually goes on to my next question, which works really well. Um, in terms of this merger, in a sense, has shown the issues that, individuals and in the church needs to work through so on in light of that what are the current challenges that are facing the church and i know at this point i guess it's hard because i'm speaking about two churches becoming one but yeah what are what are the challenges and i'm, I'm speaking here i guess challenges in any sense that you see fit so that could be individual um within the church community what are the challenges in that local area that the church has now seen that it needs to address that can be in terms of demographic certain people groups or just cultural attitudes um so it's a very broad challenge essentially the word but so what are the challenges that the church has faced and how are they how is the church trying to address them i think one of the challenges um particularly in a church like brixton local church which is majority black uh congregation um is 
is that within our context, uh, the truth is, the reality is that there are many people in churches which are just not preaching the gospel. Mm. Um, there are many people in churches which are not, yeah, faithfully teaching the Bible. Um, and what I think that means is that for a church like Brixton Local Church, in one sense, that's the that's the low hanging fruit. Mm. Is the easiest people for us to engage with are people who kind of grown up in church but haven't been taught the Bible well. Some of them may be Christian, some of them are not. Uh, you know, maybe they listen to a John Piper sermon online or something, and are thinking, "Wait, this is not what I'm hearing <laughs> on church on Sunday. Mm. My pastor isn't teaching the Bible. I want to be somewhere that's teaching the Bible, but." Is also sensitive to my context. So I think that's kind of like the low-hanging fruit. That's been the low-hanging fruit for Block. I think, particularly with the pressure of church planting, I think those are the people I think we've often gravitated towards. Um, those are the, in one sense, you know, those are the easiest people to come and join. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things this process has, has taught me is actually, yeah, the, the need and the desire for the lost right mm, mm. Uh, and not just for the the people that have just poorly taught and have grown up in church but actually the people that don't really know the name of jesus christ at all mm. haven't ever stepped foot in a church um and i think that's that's one of the challenges is that i think for a church like stock block stockwell um in one sense we could spend all our time because there's so many people we could spend all our time with people that are in churches that don't teach the Bible well. Um, but really, what I think what one of the things that we really need to do is to seek to reach the lost in the local community who, who don't know Jesus at all and haven't grown up in church at all. And I think that's often longer work. It's more energy and so on and so forth. But um, it's also what we're here for. Um, um and I think that focus on the local community, I think that's that's one of the challenges um, in our context because I think, sadly, there are not many churches within, I guess, urban context that teach the Bible well. And so there will always be the ability for a church like Block to attract people mm-hmm. from like a long ways out because they want to hear faithful Bible teaching. But how do we intentionally focus on the local area that we're in? I think is one of the the challenges in my head. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, on that, I suppose uh, yeah, that is a challenge for us, and that changes really the da- dynamics of our um, evangelism strategy. What that looks like now, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a complete um, game changer to have a building to do ministry out of a building. So it's been hard to do local ministry um, in uh, Brixton when you've uh, planting in a school what uh, shuts at a, uh, a certain time so I think that um, having a building in Stockholm we can uh, really think about what does it look like to do gospel ministry to reach local people in this context mm-hmm. um, Stockholm's uh, a different uh, demographic in Brixton so it's uh, black and white there's a huge um, Portuguese community right on our doorstep called Little Portugal so oh, yeah. we need to think about what yeah. does it look yeah. like to uh, um, do ministry cross-cultural and like just the dynamics and um, individuals and looking at gifts and skills and mm. like so it's completely different so that is one of our challenges um, and I suppose as well like it's important that we um, 
Stockholm is a great opportunity. It's a big church, but we need to remember to let God fill his church um, through uh, the teaching of the Bible. So there's always a danger, isn't there, that um, we just want to see the church filled. Mm. And the danger with that is that you compromise in teaching the Bible. So I was at a church last night in London, and it was packed. <laughs> I walked in there, and I've never seen so. It was <laughs> packed. And I was in there, and um, I, I won't name the name of the church, but I was—I put it—I was just quite disappointed that the, the packed demographic mm. um, church and the gospel wasn't preached. Mm. So I'd rather Stockholm be a church with a few people, right. what teach the Bible faithfully and yeah. God grow it. Yeah. So we always want to make sure as we are. Mm. Um, are, are, are doing uh, gospel ministry in mm. Stockholm that we don't feel the pressure of. Mm. We really want to see this church filled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God will fill it in yeah. his time. It's a hard slog teaching the Bible faithfully to grow mm. a church, but mm. it's a right way. Why? Because we'll see real disciples for Lord mm. Jesus Christ. Um, that's actually a really good point. It just reminded me of, I think, on on the bigger theme of um, the, the church's relevance to the world and people asking questions like, you know, um, is the church even relevant today? Uh, I just keep on thinking of the fact that the church just being the church is its greatest act of relevance. Right. Because actually the minute the church tries to be something else, in trying to be relevant, it proves us irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, a church that says, you know, we will do anything to get people in, yeah. if that means actually stripping out what makes it a church, in sake for the sake of getting people in when people come in what they're not what they're coming into actually is not really what a church is at its core um, and what they're receiving is not the light of christ that we yeah. see in scripture yeah. um and if people now say we, we we are looking for a church we're looking for the gospel they're not going to go there because that's not where you will find it mm. um so yeah just to just to say that that definitely i think is the church being the church before the world and saying that we are going to stick to the core of identity that we that God has given us, that Christ is shaping us in continually and not compromise that um, in any season. Um, I want to go into like two big themes, um, both abstract and also like, I guess, in the context of Brixton Local Church and um, Stockwell Baptist Church. The two themes are, community engagement and Jason really started to touch on it I guess in terms of like thinking about the new demographic of the church mm. um, and then contextualization mm. um, so we'll start with community engagement um, why should a church be engaged in its local community um, and then what does that look like I just as just as an idea and then how do you think that will apply for block slash um, Stockholm moving forward um, and seeking to actually do that in its context. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's absolutely um, uh, key that um, at any church and uh, Stockholm is, is involved in community engagement. Why? Mm. Because there's thousands of people around every single church who are heading to hell. Mm. And we have the, uh, uh, the meshes of life um, and uh, the gospel saves people from death. Mm. So, um, and I love the gospel as well. Like um, um, people uh, often uh, miss is that um, the gospel is, is is missional itself. Mm. Uh, the gospel doesn't work. Mm. Um, you, you 
you just teach it and preach it. So I think that it's, it's really important to be engaged uh, in local ministry. I think it's a mandate of the church as well mm-hmm. to um, to proclaim, to bring the good news and proclaim the good news to uh, the lost. Um, so I think it's really key. Um, I think that in regards to community engagement, I'm excited as I uh, stand at some uh, stock when I was walking around the lake uh, recently. There's lots of uh, estates um, mm. locally around our, um, uh, around the church. So it'd be, it'd be exciting to see what, um, uh, what it, you know, the God, the God of this world is blind and unbelievers. Um, right. So mm. we want to take that light of the gospel to um, uh, Stockwell. And I think that, I think there's um, something in, um, you know, in Philippines, that, that partnership in the gospel. I think it's really healthy for a church to be on mission um, mm. together um, mm. as a body, a body of Christ. So I think it helps with that, just that, um, just that, um, uh, need to um, be at God's church on mission for his glory yeah I mean I think yeah exact, exactly that I think we, we have to be engaged in the community because um, the church exists for the sake of the lost mm. um, uh, the great joy in heaven is sinners coming to know Jesus Christ um but also, uh, so, so on one level, that's that's reaching people with the gospel. But in another sense, it's just an extension of God's compassion for people. Um, God has compassion on people in terms of salvation, but you know, also in terms of people's hunger. Right? Jesus, Jesus feels the fact that you know these people have been with him for so long and they haven't eaten. Uh, there is a real compassion for people's mm. physical needs. Um, that I think the church, where where possible, uh, should be engaged with. In terms of what it looks like, I think, I think we can run into a lot of trouble in, by saying it needs to look like this or that. Mm. I think what I would hope we would like to do in Stockwell is to shape what our community engagement is based around the gifts and talents that God has given to us in terms of personnel. It's easy to think, I think, Community engagement means you need to do a soup kitchen or it means you need mm. to do a mums and tods. Or it could mean any of those things. Um, but I think the first question is, yeah, who are the people that God has given to us? What skill sets do they have? Um, and I, I don't think everything needs to be the church as an institution per se. Sometimes it's the church supporting an individual in doing something that's reaching the community. Um, but in all of those things, I think ultimately it's important to have some plan as to how we hope to see gospel fruit from it. So I think that there is a good in and of itself in just reaching people, feeding people, providing space for people. Those are things that are good in and of themselves. And yet as a church, I think what we'll be seeking to do is, is to say, okay, we're running this program or running this event. How is it that this could be leveraged for gospel opportunity, uh, either short term or long term? Um, because ultimately, if we love people, we, we want to see them. We want to see them saved. Mm. Um, but in terms of what that looks like for for Stockwell, I think it's really sitting down with our people and saying, "Yeah, where are people's gifts and talents, uh, and how can we do that? How can we leverage that? Who has God actually given to us? How can we leverage that yeah. to to reach the community?" Yeah. And in the and it, um, it should help us as well to be um, more prayerful as a church as well, yeah. and to be more dependent on God's. Um, to do that work yeah. yeah now 
Block has done a few events, which I'm actually curious to hear more about in terms of um, the idea behind it, the purposes. So, for example, um, back in September last year, um, the church hosted a talk by Ephraim Buckle, What is Non-Toxic Masculinity? Um, you guys have had an event on the early African history of Christianity um, during Black History Month in October last year. And then most recently, this past May, did uh, a talk on, is Christianity bad for your mental health? I mean, talk about a provocative question. Um, what has motivated Block to, to try and target, especially questions like that? Um, what is the idea behind it? How has it turned out? Um, what do you think that, what has it shown you about those who have tended the things that have come out of those conversations? What has it taught you about the community, about the kinds of questions that people are asking the church? Um, yeah, I think in terms of the reason for the event, um, lots of reasons. Um, I will say, I guess she's a member of Black Brewery, yeah, so she's still, but Gabby is a big part of, uh, yeah, mm. all those events um, and a big part of like the push behind that. Why have we done it? I think it's because these are questions that I think culture is asking. Um, so firstly, it's a question that culture is asking. Um, secondly, we think the Bible has something distinctive to say to it. Um, and so we want to use it as an opportunity to create interaction between um the, the church and people who are not believers and help them to see that actually the Christian worldview has is true mm. and therefore it sheds light on all these various different issues. Mm. Um, so it's an opportunity to, I guess, to ask the question or approach a question from the perspective of the way in which the world is asking the question. Um, now, I think why, why have we focused on that as Brixton Local Church? I think it's partly because of, again, the people that we have. Um, I think we have people who are really like, actually get culture well. Uh, I'm not I'm not that person. I'm not on the front line of like, what's going on on social media and stuff. But we have people that understand the culture well. Um, and I think we have people who, yeah, think, think through the Bible carefully. Um, and I think because that's what we have, that's what we do. Again, I think if if I didn't think we were we could accurately understand what the culture was actually saying, then there would be no point in running it because I think mm -hmm. people would come in and think these guys haven't haven't got a clue, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just an, it's a useful opportunity uh, to to create a kind of point of contact between um, yeah between the world on what the world is saying and what the church is saying. Um, you know, kind of like Paul, Acts 17, you know, he points to this thing about, you know, the unknown God and, and uses that to kind of present the gospel. So the plan, the goal in it is to, is to take something that I think that culture is generally talking about and to genuinely try and answer the question, not to, so it's not a kind of bait and switch. We're not trying to get people to an event by some catchy phrase you know, is Christianity bad for your mental health? And then just say, well, let me just tell you about Jesus. No, we want to we wanna answer that question, but we want to share the gospel in answering that question, but we genuinely want to answer the questions mm. that people are, are asking. Um, so yeah, I think when we just sit down, often it is Gabby who's like, oh, this question's going about, like, 
what can we do? Mm. Uh, and I think another thing to say is, um, yeah, not all questions do we feel like we actually can answer well. Mm. Like sometimes it's like, oh, people are asking this question and we're like, I don't think we've got that much to say on this. Mm. So uh, it's not like we don't feel a need to do an event. There's no kind of schedule of we'll do an event every few months. I think, you know, when something comes up that we think is both relevant to the culture, but also something that we think the Bible has something distinctive to say, then, yeah, we, we try it. And some mm. are better than others, but, yeah, we'll, we'll give it a go. Yeah, and yeah. Gabs has been um, um, excellent and great at that um, mm. in uh, leading and and having the, having the discussions. I suppose um, as well, like, um, mm. it's good for, it's been really good for me to look on and see and learn. Um, I think that it's been really helpful for not just, it's, it's helpful for the church. It's been helpful for Brixton yeah. local church, people in the congregation yeah. and for other churches as well. And um, I'm aware if the church don't have these discussions, um, the world is. So it's good to have these same discussions what the world are having, but within a, a, a biblical context, what does the Bible mm. say about it, engaging it. So I think it's just been really equipping and really helpful for God's church. Mm. Yeah. that's really good um the second theme contextualization um so we've been talking a lot about the church in the, in the local community really focusing on you know naturally on south london on brixton stockwell and so on um what is contextualization uh, why does that matter to the church how does that what does that do for the church when it comes to ministry in its local community yeah, uh, contextualization. I think, broadly speaking, contextualization is, in my head at least, is, is essentially effective communication. Mm. Right? Contextualization is saying, how can I take the information that I want to say or I want to deliver and uh, deliver it in such a way so that it is understood mm. by the people who are receiving it? Um, so I think contextualization is meant to solve the problem of miscommunication. Um, and given that, I think it's important because the gospel is important. Mm. Uh, contextualization is important because the Bible is important. It's that important that we put a lot of effort into making sure that it is understood correctly and that it is not misunderstood. Mm. Um, uh, right down to the issue of like translation, right? That's why the Bible right. is in all kinds of different languages is that people thought it mattered. People gave their lives, multiple lives, to translating, you know, sometimes just even the New Testament mm. into a different language because mm. the Bible itself is that important um, that it's worth all the effort to make sure it's communicated properly. So I say that because I think it's important to say contextualization is not an end of itself mm. in and of itself. There's nothing great about contextualization in and of itself or the fact that we can say things in different ways. What makes contextualization important is the importance of the information that's being conveyed. And if, since we're talking about the church, mm. what makes contextualization important is the gospel. Um, and I think that essentially requires two things, right? It requires, yes, that on one hand, we know the people that we're speaking to, but it also means that we know the Bible really well. Um, and... I guess this is probably my personal bias here, but yes. I think it is my personal bias. I think 
we tend to think that contextualization often fails because we don't know the people that we're communicating to well enough. Mm. But I think it often fails because we don't we don't know the Bible well enough. Mm. Um, and I think the more we know the Bible, the more we know the gospel, the easier it is for us to communicate it in different yeah. words and different ways, in ways that do not compromise the actual right. message yeah. of it. Um, so yeah, in the context of, I think... Um, uh, bricks and local church in the context of preaching in the context of of all those things it's yeah it's been working hard to try and say how do we how do we communicate this in such a way that 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 transfers all right a lot mm. of the preaching particularly in the reformed world are not people it's not black british preachers mm. right so yeah how do we go about uh communicating justification or the trinity or mm. any of those things mm. and again i think one of the tendencies is to just dumb it down in the sense of just to say you know what some of these things they don't need to know let's just right. tell them the crumbs yeah. and they'll live with that um but i think one of the convictions we have at Brixton local church is that every single part of the bible is written for the entire church mm. uh the bible doesn't have like an appendix for advanced you know mm. for for academics all of the bible was written to be practical all of the bible was written to equip believers and so yeah we need to do the hard work and that's on us that's mm -hmm. on us as teachers to to do the hard work to do that and i think you see that in some of the events and so on and so forth is i think often we'll have an event and you know it will seem like oh they, these guys are just you know talking about mental health or something but we'll spend hours like beforehand just hashing out and arguing mm. about <laughs> what does the Bible actually yeah, teach yeah, and then how yeah. do we actually communicate it? And if you communicate it this way, does that give an does that imply something we don't mm. want to imply and mm. all that kind of stuff? It's hard work, um, but it's worthwhile because what we're communicating is the gospel. Uh, and if people really get the gospel, then it has eternal consequences. Yeah. Do you know, um, um, I'm going to jump in from a different angle, uh, Mr. Yannick, and say in regards to um, uh, contextualization, why um, I probably always enjoyed um, uh, and still enjoy a uh, uh, block and what God has done. Um, I've always found sometimes Christians quite weird. Um, <laughs> Christians can say things which are totally odd um, mm. um, and the world doesn't use that language so right. we can often in our context use christian jargon or theological words and non-christians mm. sit there and think like what is he mm. talking about mm. if i read about if the way that jesus engaged with uh the crowd and stuff he, he engaged the crowd and yeah. parables and that but he used picture language and people can uh, uh people understood it mm. so what i love about Brixton local church is that we're just normal so I like block. I mean, we are. This is this. this, this normal. I, I love block. It's just normal Christians. So lots of our contextualizations just just be normal. <laughs> You're a sinner saved by grace. Mm. Um, speak normal. Act normal. Um, the most important thing what Yannick is saying is more about um, understanding the gospel, understanding yeah. the Bibles, and being normal in that. Mm. That's really good. Thank you. And um, we're gonna sort of bring it to a close. And I really wanna close it by asking both of you um to say a short word to three different people um 
all of which live in Brixton, hypothetical people. So, you know, what, what would you say to, first of all, the pastor who has a church in the South London area um, in terms of, you know, they've been, they've been listening to this podcast. I'm hoping some people in Brixton are listening to this podcast. They've been listening to it. They're thinking, you know, actually, our church is, you know, five minutes from what's close to Brixton. Vauxhall, our church is in Vauxhall. Um, and they're thinking about what that means for them. And what would you leave them with in light of this conversation about um, ministry, about contextualization, community engagement, um, and just church work that's done faithfully? So that's the first person to the local church pastor. Secondly, to the local church member. Um, so they go to a church in Vauxhall and they're thinking, you know, how can I take this and start to think more actively about being a Christian in my local area? And the third one is to the the guy who overheard this podcast in a pub in, in Vauxhall, and they're not a Christian. Um, they've kind of lived pretty much most of their life thinking the church is just this rundown thing that some people choose to do. And what would you leave them with? Because they've managed to listen to all of this so far, and, they've, and they're thinking, that's interesting, I guess, but why should I think of any of this as something that seriously warrants my attention? Um, and that's something I should respond to meaningfully. Yeah. Um, great, great questions. Um, I'm going to start with uh, my friend in the pub. Because <laughs> <laughs> he needs Jesus. He, mm. The others are okay. <laughs> um, um, I would say this, um, I think as Augustine said, inside of every single individual is a God-shaped hole. Mm. So... Um, our conversation today on Black Berea, it's not just a conversation. We're here because of an individual, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here because of the cross. cross. Um, there's nothing, nothing like knowing Jesus Christ. So I would say this, uh, first of all, um, find, uh, uh, find a good church that teaches the Bible faithfully. Um, an individual, if you listen to this, uh, um, uh, man or woman, a boy or girl, uh, you're not listening to this podcast for a coincidence. Mm. The Bible teaches there is a sovereign God. There is a sovereign God who's got you to listen in for a reason. So he's mm. putting his finger on you even right now. Mm. So find a good church, what teaches the Bible faithfully, and, uh, and uh like happened to me in the book of Romans, someone taught me the Bible and Jesus Christ walked off the page and he changed my life. Mm. So I'd, uh, I say, find a church, um, read the Bible, jump into Mark's gospel, jump into mm. Mark's gospel and read it. And as you read it, say this, God, you make big claims for yourself. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, an individual trying to work this out. You tell me, you, you, you said about Jesus sending your son, please show him mm. to me. Um, the individual in the uh, church um, who's been listening to this, um, I suppose I, w- I would say that I hope that um, what we discuss uh, this evening has been helpful. Mm. Um, um, I would say um, um, speak... Uh, to uh, those um, within your congregation or uh, your your church leaders. I suppose in a way, I just want to, I'd want, um, while we're church still working it out ourselves, the Brixton local church, we're not saying we've got all the answers Mm. at all. We're we're learning all the time. Jesus is leading us, God is leading us, and we're working it out. Um, I suppose um, 
where I was um, recently in a big church, I'm aware there's a lot of individuals who may be listening to this. It's hard to work out um, what we've to discuss um, in a context like that. So right. two things. When you said about the, uh, a church leader listening to this, the first thing I went to and thought about is please knock on our doors, Brixton Local Church, or stop where we're going. Because one of the things what I've learned is really important to have accountability. Mm. So I love being in the eldership. Why? Because mm. um, with Yannick and Felix, they get to tell me where I'm going wrong. I just think because of my simple heart, I've got mm. it all, right, all right all the time. Mm. And I'm just um, just um, the perfect Christian who's got it all right. Yeah. And I'm on point with God's vision. I'm Jay Mariner. No, <laughs> I like like with my good wife Julie. Mm. I need people speaking into my life, my context, mm. to tell me, um, you know, to, just that accountability of God is mm. wrong and right. So I suppose for the uh, church leader and um, or to working this out, I think it's important to work these things out in community. Mm. So knock on our door. We'd love to have a conversation right. um, with those church leaders or. Uh, members of members in the congregation, individuals coming um coming knock on our door, come and speak to us, so we can work these things out in in, in love and discuss what. Is, and as well, we it's so much to learn from our brothers and sisters in churches in in other churches as well. Mm-hmm. We we want to mm-hmm. learn, and it's nothing like being in like God's church is vast, it's mm-hmm. exciting. So if we can partner together in kingdom ministry, like you know, for us, we we just absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. I guess I'd probably say to all three people, I, I guess I would want to talk to them in light of the final day. Um, and in one sense, it, it's not very different to what I would say to to any few of them in any mm. kind of location. Um, and there's there's a goodness in that because I think at the heart of things, we're, we're all human beings and. We have the same needs and, and, and need to hear the same thing in one way. But to the pastor of a church, I would say, yeah, one day you'll give an account for mm. being a shepherd of God's people. Um, I think the thing that sobers me more than anything else is that mm. one day I will stand before God and not even just give some kind of abstract account. One day I'll stand before God and God will we'll be talking about names Mm. and people. Um, And in light of that, shepherd God's flock, in light of the fact that God loves his people, uh, God sent his son to die for them, and one day you'll give an account for what you've done with your care. Um, I don't know, it's it's easy as a pastor, like you hear a podcast and you think, oh, now I need to be doing this. Then you go to a conference and you think, ah, I need to be doing that. And then, you know, it's so easy and everyone has an idea of what you should be doing as a pastor. I think what gives us clarity is remembering that we're going to stand before God and give an Mm. account. Um, And in light of that, um, teach the whole counsel of God. Preach the word. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Preach the word and preach preach all of the word. Um, uh, I know that, yeah, knowing that one day you'll give an account before God. Um, To the member... I'd be saying something quite similarly. I'd be saying, you're a church member, you're a believer. Again, one day you'll stand before God and don't waste your life, is what I'd be telling the mm. church member. Um, 
don't waste your life. Don't come to church on Sunday, go to a small group, and then just live for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, eternity is coming. Um, and that day will be the final valuation on everything you've done in your life. Don't don't live your life in such a way to be ashamed on that final day that you, you haven't lived your life for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, I think live sacrificially, um, pray for the lost, seek mm. the lost. Mm. Um, don't live to your, for yourself. The things that you're tempted to live for won't last. Um, do what you can. Um, take it as a joy that you, you have a role to play in God's redemptive purpose here on earth. And so, yeah, don't waste your life is probably what I'd be saying to the, to the mm. church member. And then lastly, to the, to, to, the, uh, to our friend in the pub uh, who doesn't know Jesus. Um, again, yeah, the final day is approaching. Mm. Life will not continue the way it has just forever. Um, every single person without fail has died and mm. you will die. Um, and all the things you're living for will pass away. Um, and unless you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you do not have a hope that goes beyond death. Um, and so it may seem to you that there are thousand and one things that are more urgent than the issue of Christianity mm. or Jesus Christ. You may be thinking about the bills you've got to pay, how you're going to sort out childcare, you know, the issue you have at work. Those issues seem really urgent and pressing. Mm. And the issue of religion and Jesus seems like a very distant issue. And you think maybe one day at some point I'll deal with that. But in reality, the most urgent pressing issue you have is that you will die and you don't know the day of your death Mm. and you'll go and meet your maker. Um, And unless you're trusting in Jesus Christ, um, you have no hope of eternal life with him. But if you would put your faith in Jesus, if you would trust in Jesus, um, whom God sent to pay the penalty for take the punishment for our sins if you would trust in him you would have a hope that's eternal and that means whether or not the bills get paid um, whether or not things that work out at work you will know what it is to know that you have an eternal hope um, and so it doesn't seem like it's the most urgent issue but it is the most urgent issue so put your faith mm. put your faith in Jesus mm. Thank you so much, both of you. Um, so I'm hoping that if whether you're a church leader or uh, just an ordinary member of a church or, or you overheard this because someone played it really loudly through their earphones on the bus, um, that it's been encouraging and that it's left you with a lot of questions to move forward. Um, I hope it keeps you staying tuned and locked into this series because next episode we'll close it off with, a, um, I think, a very interesting conversation with myself, Mary and Richard on... Um, the multi-ethnic church and multi-generational church and i hope you continue to think and process as these two wonderful brothers have shown us how to view the church in the 21st century especially in the city of london and its continued relevance to the world this is black and this is the church before the watching world 